Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to Oh What A Night after what was probably the best win this season or maybe the best win of the last four seasons. We'll, we'll sort of wait to, wait to hear the boys', um, boys opinions on that as Spurs batter Premier League champions uh, Manchester City 3-2 in their own back garden. Um, I'm joined today by Jude Somerfield and Shawnee Walsh. Uh, lads, how are we? Feeling massive, mate. <laughs> so massive. Feeling massive. Feeling you look massive. massive, mate. You look even more, you know, like I can see an aura behind you. <laughs> and I think it's just, I think it might be Harry Kane. The I've ghost got a of Harry Kane. going on and it's uh, got Kane <laughs> 10 on the back of it. <laughs> you just got Kane. Um, where were you? Where were you for the game on Saturday? I was at a mate's house actually. We were having a little soiree um, for his birthday. Many, many bottles of Beaujolais red wine were drunk. Beaujolais. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you got you know nice. red wine's better for you than just a carby beer, isn't it? So. <laughs> oh well, and that's a man who usually goes running after plenty of loss. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, did you wish you do you wish you'd had the beer instead? Don't you? You didn't even need the run. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would have been a shout, but, but yeah. And Shawnee, you you were working for the game, were you? Yes, I was. Yeah, another late rewrite from me. I was saying off air that um, I was I had to do this game late rewrite because of Spurs. I had to do the Leicester game last month, and again another late rewrite. Yeah, late rewrite because of Spurs. I had to do Spurs Watford. At the start of January, <laughs> late review, right? So, generally, the, the thing is, if I if I'm not at the game but I'm covering it at home, we pull out some in some that shit stuff. So, yeah, you need to nice. start writing um two two different endings to your pieces now, right? Just get ahead of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it quite, this is quite good because it, it was going to have a positive spin anyway. Like I mm. believe that even after Myers's pen, we were going to cling on. So I think I was mainly fine. How much did you delete after Morris scored that pen? Um, <laughs> it wasn't actually. It was. Do you know what? It was largely having to, um, really kind of rip into Carl Walker for getting beaten at the with a header, mm. because I thought before I thought before that he'd actually played really well. But then it's like oh, he was brilliant. Ah, oh, there, ah, oh, there's Carl Walker. There's Carl Walker. There he. Well, look, he was. Yeah. He's. One thing we'll probably come on to, he has never been able to defend at the back post. Doesn't matter. Does it for England? Has done it for City. He cannot, cannot keep his eye on the ball for some reason. Yeah. Did the and I, and I've like, the World Cup, didn't he? He did yeah. indeed. And I've, I've generally like, I'm like over him, like wanting to go to City and all that stuff. Like, I get why he did it. Like, I'm fine with it. But it must be, and I get that he's won loads of trophies in Man City. He has no regrets over this move whatsoever. But it must be so funny 
how the, he must go trudging back into that dressing room after every time we play them, thinking, how the hell have they beaten Why? us again? <laughs> Why, <laughs> Why yeah. does this keep happening? Yeah, look, and I think every t- if anything, it just reminds me of the levels that he went and joined. Because watching him, like you said, Sean, I thought he was um, but like against like up against Son as he was most times, I was like, Son's not got a chance here. He's not mm. got a chance of going past him. And he sort of epitomizes the levels that City have set. Um, so it was so nice to beat them. And <laughs> we're gonna talk about why we deserve to beat them, or at least I am, and these guys might 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 tell me differently. Oh um, no, we deserved it. We deserved we're it. gonna get the XG out where it says City <laughs> scored, scored 2.5 and Spurs only got 1.8, and it was go and was get ridiculous. the graphs. <laughs> was that was that what it was, Gene? Was that it was what, around that, I think. Yeah. Okay. But the, okay. Thing, the thing that matters is the ball actually like hitting the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, when it goes over the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the, the ref looks at his watch and it says goal. It goes, and then goal. That, that counts as a goal. Yeah. And, and then, Spurs got three of them. Yeah. And, and then moans. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes. Uh, it's just so good. We cannot replace him. Um, right. Okay. So we're going to go through our standard. We're going to do the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. There's plenty to go through after what was quite a difficult few weeks for Spurs before that. And there was the interview with Sky Italia that Conte had uh, in the week. And I think this all led to this game ending up quite big for Spurs and for City. Um, let's start with the good. Um, and I want to talk about um, the defensive side of things first, because I think that's where this game, you know, that's where Spurs won this game for me. They, they were absolutely solid. And I think that comes down to two two players coming in but we'll talk about Eric Dyer first who um who I thought just had a really 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 solid game Sean would, would you agree with that yeah I think I, at the start he was a little bit nervy like he was playing a couple of balls into touch or whatever but he really grew into it in his first game back I think you know he hasn't he hasn't played too much this year when you think about it um he kept, last time he came back in it was in a back four against Chelsea so that must have been weird for him he's out again comes back in it's away at Man City it's probably the hardest game of the season for him to just come slot straight back in again, for him to kind of show this mature, real maturity that he's gained over the last couple of years, because I don't know about you guys, but I've never been the biggest Eric Dyer fan. I've, I always thought that Poch was right to put him in midfield because I did not back him playing as a centre-back. I did not think that that was ever something that was going to work. It seems to have... I think Mourinho got a little bit out of him, but under Conte in this system, you know, Conte said in December, like, I think Dyer can be one of the best in the world in this position if he keeps improving the rate he's going. I won't, I don't know if that's... If he really, truly believes that, I think he can still get better, obviously. But, I think, yeah, he came back in, he was impeccable. And I think the thing I feel about now with Dyer is I'm not, like, really worried. I'm not worried at all when I see him on the team sheet, whereas before, even like last season, I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Mm. I did feel like last season you were sort of, he would be the guy who might crumble a little bit when Spurs were trying mm. to hang on to a 1-0. And yeah, like the, the way we played on Mourinho just didn't help, did it? Like no, just inviting just, all this pressure that eventually something was going to give and it's not like that mm. anymore. So, yeah. yeah. You know. And in retrospect, it's probably a little bit harsh to be like, ah, oh, he was he was rubbish for all that season. But like he, he always played really well whenever... Poch played a back three and he, he played alongside Vertong and another Varad. I know that's you know, I I any any of us code. could probably yeah, any of us could probably slot into that back three and play all right. Um but yeah, I mean having someone like Christian Romero, who we'll get to in, in a moment, being very proactive and um Ben Davis sort of leaving his banana skins at home for this one and putting in a good shift. Um he, he just got you know players either side of him who can take some pressure off and and yeah he was he was excellent it's good to see him back in the team because Davis and Sanchez have just been in there for a little too long and starting to yeah. drop some flack yeah I, t- I tweeted after the last game and I look I don't know if there is a good player in in Davis and Sanchez anymore but what I do know is he cannot keep being put into this starting 11 for his own good because he's not playing himself out of the bad form he's actually he's getting more and more silly mistakes because he's trying so hard and you can see that he wants to he wants to be look no one thing we should really stress is no player goes out and just wants to play badly no player goes out and is wanting to make mistakes if anything they're trying too hard they make the first mistake and then the second mistake comes and it's a it's a real sort of cycle from there um one thing i thought we did incredibly well 
And I thought this was the way the game was going to be won and lost was we closed the space between the wing back and the centre back so quickly. Um, and Romero, uh, I, I, as you mentioned, Ben Davis did it very well, but Romero in particular was so quick to, to see those balls down the side of the wing back or to the side of the centre back, which City are the best in the world at, you know, get those runners going into that space. And I just thought he was just, honestly, uh, the game finished and I was, I, I'm, I'm once again just left completely in shock that this guy plays for Spurs because Jude, I don't know if you agree, but it, 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 it's like when Toby joined and it was like just seeing a different standard of centre-back all of a sudden. Yeah, he's just he's just raised the level of that back line uh, immeasurably and you can you can look at the performance on Saturday and contrast it with um, I think it was, I can't remember if he played against Wolves or not, but he definitely didn't play against Southampton, I don't think. And um, he, he plays as that right-sided centre-back now, and he's just so much more alert and ready to spot danger, but, like, also ready to go and deal with it as well. You know, there's no faffing around. If he sees, like, the ball's there to be won, he'll go and do it. He'll take people out. Um, and that just, when, when he does that, it just gives everyone a, a really big lift as well. When you've got somebody that proactive, that aggressive in the tackle, um, stepping up and making interceptions... It just gave Spurs so much more of a foothold in the game, in a game where they were going to see very little of the ball anyway. And he he's such he's so composed on the ball as well. It's like it's like mm. a, he's another threat. Like Spurs, um, if you're playing with like Sanchez or Tanganga, they don't have they're not comfortable bringing the ball out from the back. Yeah. Um, and like playing these passes, which when Romero, Romero was doing it on Saturday, he made them look really simple. But it's about bringing the ball out and then. Um, and then getting it right, and then everything starts flowing. And so, like a fair few of the attacks, like they they came from him. I know the winning goal came down his side eventually with um with Ben Tanker, but it is it is properly ridiculous. It is like the Tong and Aldevar advice. Like you see that they're just like the, the the level just just shoots up, and and suddenly you think right, okay, like you're not you're not you're gonna go to City. You you'll you'll probably concede a few you know most days, but. You think right? At least we can we can stay in the game with these sort of players because yeah, I'm 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 in love with the lad already. He's ridiculous. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mind taking. Again. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't mind taking the ball under pressure either, which is just a massive, massive difference between any of the others. I don't even Eric Dyer for me he doesn't want to take the ball with anyone too close to him. I think, like you said, Jude, not his confidence. You see it, and 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 it, it's one of those players who you see it affect the players around them. Like he calms everyone down. And I honestly think Dyer gives him the freedom to go and do that over his side, though, whereas Dyer's that rock in the middle. Because when, when he played there a few weeks ago, Romero was being let down by the players either side of him. He wanted to step out, which causes an issue for the guys either side of him as well. So I think Dyer and him coming back, it was, it, it was, a, it was a defence transform for me. Look, early days, of course, but, but against the toughest test. Sean, would you say that was like as close to it? That was a nine out of ten performance. Without maybe without the handball, it's a ten out of ten performance. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame about the handball because you know it's you know these these things happen. It's a mm. I'm not I'm not holding it against him. If that if it had ended two two, then I wouldn't have held it against him. But now I guess you think that that led to us going to score again. So now it's almost like oh yes, thank you for handling it, Christian. Well done. Um, mm. Yeah, but, I, but yeah, I, I, we all we could all agree that's a penalty, right? But he has got I'm incredibly no, I'm unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got he's just trying to get in there nice and quick and get his arms down to his chest, and in yeah. doing so, he, he just put them up. Yeah, it's just, it's just like in, in, when you're going to make a block, sometimes you're not in control of your body like that, but you will be punished for it. And it's just you know, we're not. I'm not. I wouldn't have lost sleep over it. I wouldn't have been like sitting here, like really kind of ruining it. I guess now I'm sat here thinking. Um, if anything, they just ruined him having the perfect game because apart from that, he was so quick to everything. He really re he relished going into like these one v ones. Like there's a lot of times where Sterling would cut inside or he'd switch wings with Bernardo Silva and he'd try and come in and he would just go and marshal him and he would just do it with such little hassle or effort. And I think I think I came on here and talked about early in the season when people were saying, "Oh, but Davinson Sanchez looked like this in his first season." And then in the build up to this one, there was a lot of people saying that, oh, um, Nicholas Otamendi looked like this and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I, could, I do not 
think that you could look at this performance and draw comparisons with either of those two erratic players because this was such a controlled performance and at the back mm. from him and yeah this is our this was our biggest test of the season and that he clearance as well cards. yes like, the clearance was so oh my like, God, think, was... About, think about how easy that would have been to slice into your own net and he I was just, expecting it to bunch. Like, yeah. it just it mm. just seemed like a too good a ball not to go into the back of the net yeah. and he somehow just wrapped it's, his it's the pace on it isn't it it's the pace yeah. on it to then get under it and get it away rather than just put it one side or the other side of the goal is yeah it's really impressive um uh, I think another player that that really stood out, um, who I think should stick in the group, is um, Bentancur, because I think we were. I think we can all admit we were a little tenuous about the idea of Spurs signing a, a central midfielder who wasn't working in Serie A, and you're never a hundred percent sure about these guys who get moved out of the first team. But in the first three games, there's no doubt that he has improved that central midfield spot and his pressing in particular and harrying was really vital yesterday with Mitchell. And I think uh, do I want to add that I think it's notable that there was a real 10-15 minute period in the second half where he was getting pressed into oblivion and he looked like he was kind of drowning in midfield but even then you're still coming away from this game you're like wow this is this is a midfielder you know this is like you said like he was the one leading the press he was so energetic and leading that and he was just so good at that and then obviously yeah, he plays the ball over the top to Kuliszewski for the winner and it's just mm-hmm. like you take out those 10-15 minutes where City were really on top of us mm-hmm. and that, and now again another really really good game another really top game and you think that he probably he's probably not going to experience a game like that again that's probably like a real kind of he's probably coming away he's like analysing his game he's like okay okay that's a that's a big lesson but so, still so many positives in that game for him he almost dances out to the ball dude do you, do you know what I mean he's, he's got this quite unique running style where he sort of almost moves on his toes out to the ball <laughs> but he looks very he, looked, he moved out quite quickly I was told yeah. he was slow by everyone <laughs> yeah dancing the cha-cha-cha yeah <laughs> Rodrigo Bentenker yeah he was um the, the the press from central midfield was was an interesting one because they did get very very high at points him and him and Hoybier um, especially towards the end of the game, they had a few sort of runs down the channel, and I think in in injury time, Hoybia was somehow I can't remember who was outpacing or like getting his body. He was outpacing Carl Walker. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, like knocked it around him and beat him yeah. to it. Yeah, and this is a guy who like usually looks like he's running in quicksand or turning like a truck, and you know. Um, but yeah, the, the pressing was really really excellent. Um, and I, I had been a bit worried where in those first few games when he when he played that he did seem a little bit samey to the midfield options that we had left after after January. But he was the most one of the most important things in this game was was Spurs being really decisive with the opportunities that they had. And mm-hmm. a lot of like I think one one of the goals or I think maybe the chance for Kane when it was a 2-1, when he got slid through, I think that came from like a little turn from Ben Tancur just yeah, on the edge of the box. And then, yeah, yeah, and then it just set everything away. So it's good to see that he's, you know, he's not frightened to get on the ball um, and, he, and he was making the right decision time after time with it. Um, but yeah, he was, he, he was good. He was good. I think, I think he also fits into that Romero position, doesn't he, Jude, where it's almost like the, the, the composure um, gives other people confidence to be more composed on the ball I, I just can't imagine Harry Winks for instance but t- doing that turn on the edge of the area having the confidence mm. to do that turn on the edge of the area um, yeah. well we'd seen in like the Southampton game where they got pressed ridiculously that they weren't mm-hmm. a few of them just weren't comfortable doing it um, so yeah yeah very nice to see that he's allowed happy to get on the ball and, and drive forward and then thought the timing of his pass is really good as well because he knew when mm. to let it go and sometimes he offered runs ahead, and and yeah, he was he was a very intelligent display for sure. Mm. Um, so one one guy you mentioned there, Shawnee, the, the final ball over the top to Dan Kulisevsky, um, who probably had his his best game in a Spurs shirt so far. Would uh, do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. First first start, the almost immediate impact. You know, three four minutes in, he gets that goal, which is still that's quite hard goal to take as well because I think whoever's closing down if it's Laporte or Diaz or whoever he's still got to 
make sure that it doesn't hit them on the way in. He needs to strike it cleanly. So, you know, there's someone that he heard about kind of has confidence issues. So for him, that was huge. It did seem to really spur him on from there. I thought defensively, he really kind of slotted in really well. He was always looking like a creative outlet um, when going forward. It's really, it's a bit annoying that he was called offside in the build-up to mm. what would have been the third goal, that, you know, he's looking down the line, he probably should do better. But then at the end, I thought I was like in my head, like screaming at him to play Doherty because I thought he made a good run, but he decides to use him as a dummy. Yeah, and it's just a perfect ball for Kane to head in. And I feel really bad for him because the, like, well, you get all these clips and the camera angles, like everyone's celebrating, the fans, the players, Conte on the touchline. And then Kulusevsky is the only one like trudging back because he's in his head. I think he must think, He's worried. What if I'm offside? What if I'm offside yeah. again? again? And I feel so Poor bad man. for him. Yeah. The fear but is real. Huge performance from him. So I'm really, I'm really happy for him. I'm really, really happy for these new guys. Yeah, that that ball at the end, Jude. Um, I was trying to wrap my brain and remember the last Spurs player that would just float in a nice cross for for attackers to sort of go and meet. And to my mind, it's Aaron Lennon. Mm, but I yeah. honestly can't think of a player that just used to get there and just put in a ball that that the strikers can attack rather than whipping it or doing this, just like hanging it. Yeah, and our wee man Aaron Lennon produced a masterclass against our boys on Saturday he, as well. He certainly he? did. That he was really did. good at that game. Yeah, yeah it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it, it was it was up because I think that our second and third goals were were pretty similar, right? I mean, on the opposite sides of the wing but we had mm. those creative creative lads Son and Kulusevski just sort of drifting in and I thought it was a bit a bit odd that for both of those goals there wasn't much of a rush to to close them down and they managed to get those sort of floated balls in they weren't like whipped in with pace or you know they were just sort of clipped into the middle for for Kane to attack um but I, I love having a lad who, who who's happy chopping onto his left and like trying to curl one into the far corner or putting a putting a cross in um yeah I, yeah he was terrific and like i think we looked at the running stats the other day right and he did about 13k which you know backs up his <laughs> i love to to suffer claim that he he he, he said a few weeks ago um yeah um there's there's no doubt that the, the lad likes to you know run down balls and run down alley doesn't mind chasing a lost cause it is it's it's sort of a brilliant fit for Conte, no? I know, I know it's easy for players to say, oh, I love to suffer, but until you see <laughs> the suffering that he was putting himself through, you're sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, no, you really do. You really do love to suffer. Um, uh, yeah, great performance from him. I thought, I, I thought the way that he kept the ball as well was really important to Spurs. Um, I think he's probably the antithesis to Lucas that a lot of Spurs fans have been asking for for quite a while, where... At least you know he's going to work hard and turn the ball over. Where take not take fifteen touches, perhaps. Um, before we move on to the bad, Sean, I know that you, your boy Sonny, he's got a bit of a record against City now, doesn't he? He, he, he turns up um, and he got himself another assist. Uh, were, were you impressed? Two, with this, two, with this two assists. Two assists. Two assists. Sorry, yeah. Were you impressed? Oh my god, yeah. The second one was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah. Were you? Were you? Was that? Was that the best of Son we saw? Do you think? I think there was a, there was times where you know we were talking about Kyle Walker earlier. I thought he did a good job, particularly in transition and really trying to stop Son. You know, there was a I think there was a time in the first half, one nil or one one. Kane's turned, he's played the ball through, and Son can't quite control it like it's gone through his legs. And you know, it wasn't a flawless performance from Son, but it was still I gave him an eight out of ten in my player ratings. He was still very good. And then uh, I retweeted this earlier. It's like a little. It's a little stat thing where it's um, so if you took the big six and you just made like a mini league, like look at the goal involvements of the players since the start of the um, 1920 season. Um, only Salah has contributed more goals and assists in those games against the other teams in the big six than Son. So, man for the big yeah. games. Uh, yeah, uh, guess... Go on, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, like, say you, 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 you just like he was really, really good. And I still think he could have been even better. So, mm. Well, that's, really that's what I was going to say. I thought his contribution was, was huge. Um, not just in the assist, but I felt like he constantly stretched the city back line. Someone had to go with him every time because they know that that cane ball 
can come from any angle at any point. And then that is the, there was a fear factor around Hurricane, who we'll come on to, but I think Son plays a big part in that. And they've gone, I think they're now equal with Drogba, Lampard and Lurk. Yeah. Before the end of the season, that record's going to be long gone. So it's it's an incredible partnership, and I think Son plays is when when Ken's playing like that, it's all about him. But Son plays a hugely vital role, which we saw in the first goal is just like telekinesis. Now it's beautiful to see. Um, right, we'll move on to the bad. I don't want to obviously look. It's hard to say bad in a, in a in the game as brilliant as that, but I want to talk to you about the wing backs. Um, not not an amazing performance from either wing back. They were both sort of hampered in in their sort of you know their their various running down down the wings were sort of hampered by the fact that City had pinned them back. But on the ball, in general, both giving away possession quite cheaply. And and once again, we're looking at them and saying, if we had better wing backs, could we exploit that system even more? Uh, probably. Do you think that's fair? Do you think they both had games where you're sort of still looking at it and asking, does Spurs need to address this? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's fair. Like, like as you say, I mean, Spurs have just come away from City and won three two, so it's it's tough to be overly critical. Um, I actually, I actually thought that. I think Emerson had a few occasions when he he got free on the right, and it's just his decision making and sort of lack of crossing ability that's that's hindering him um got free or left free <laughs> bit, bit of the claudio ranieri uh, got, yeah. got, got free got f uh, whatever um, <laughs> got free down the right um but yeah i mean like and sessing on a few little occasions but the the problem when you've with emerson up against Jao cancelo it's it, it's tough because he's such a it? yeah he's such a massive creative outlet and when you're getting pinned in you, he probably didn't know whether to go to Cancelo or sort of track a runner going beyond so um yeah I mean I, a difficult one and I, I was sort of glad that Sessignon got another opportunity um mm. and that was because regular yeah. had, had COVID but you know he, he will get these opportunities and, and we'll see if he's sort of, of the desired level um because it was sort of an in-between performance but look you know they've beaten City 3-2. Yes. Yeah. And I look, I will say, I don't, Sessignon I felt was quite cheap in possession, but mm-hmm. City make you cheap in possession. That's their whole game. So, And he also I, and he also played an important role in the second goal in dragging the defenders did. away from Son yeah. to create that space for the cross. That's it. When he got, when he finally got the opportunity to go forward, he managed to get forward. Um, he, he will improve. That's the toughest game of any player's season. So, he did pretty well. We're not yeah. gonna we're not gonna hang around on the bad. Um, the ugly, we do have to talk about it. We, you know, we don't want to. Obviously, we don't want to, but we do have to talk about um, City's first goal in particular. Um, Sean, do you, do you want to talk us through it? Uh, it's... <laughs> Hugo, son, what are you doing? Hugo. <laughs> Stop. What's the goalie doing, Tom? What's the goalie doing? <laughs> yeah. Um... I think again, this is like you said about the bad. Um, you can't you can't really spend much time in. Like, obviously, what Larice did was a terrible piece of goalkeeping. It, like just to be able to not catch the cross to part back into play. Like I know, I think Kane or Dyer was complaining to the ref about like his line of sight being obstructed, but it didn't. It meant nothing. It's so, it would be such a cheap one to give. But from there, and he had an utterly flawless game. He produced another. St- Another string of top saves, particularly that Gundogan strike in the midway through the second half, and I think Dan, where he wrote today in the Standard, um, he kind of led with that Rui save and his reaction going down after, just to kind of take the sting out of the game. Um, for a piece about kind of like the dark arts and Spurs really buying into that. So, you know, would that would. Would he have had another error in the game if that wasn't like already out of his system? Would it? Would the flow of the game? You just don't know. So again, we'll take, we're take we're able to take a lot of real positives from a bad situation. Hugo's yeah, got a real, real odd record against City, doesn't he? He does. One of remember the... that one in like thirteen, fourteen, I think, where he charged out and gave the ball away, and Navas locked. Yeah, 
And then obviously there was the penalty save in the Champions League as well. Um, yeah. My favourite was the 16-17 where he's, he's trying to go for a header outside the box. He's completely missed it. He's like oh, diving through the was... air. <laughs> and Sane just like tapped it in. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah. That was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Do, do, do you worry about this though? Because, the, you know, he, he's been utterly brilliant before these last couple of games. And... In the past, he has he has sort of slipped into these moments, and obviously he recovers his form. But do you do you worry that maybe he gets a bit in his head when these these sort of issues start to arise? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, perhaps that really was just a regulation cross in. I think there are a few mm. people running across across him, and it might have put him sure. off slightly. But mm. like, I some sometimes yeah, sometimes the decision making I find a little bit odd. He was sort of sliding along the ground as he went to go and gather it, and it's sort of like no surprise that he's dropped it when he's that's the sort of thing he's trying out. Um, so yeah, maybe he does get into his own head a little bit, but look, I mean, take the bad with the good. That save from under one, my my oh. my, my head was already in my hand, yeah. and I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. going again. I honestly can't believe he managed to get across to save it. Um, it was just an absolute worldie. But but yeah, it, it is a bit worried at the moment that he's given away three goals in what two games, which is a bit tough. But um, you know, he's an experienced guy and he, he usually comes away from these sort of things and starts to deliver better performances. So hopefully that's what we'll see. Yeah, and if we were to, to apply a bit of logic that let that Pep kind of foreshadowed before the game, he you know, if he said on Friday, um, you know, Spurs have lost the last three, it's so rare that they're gonna lose four in a row. So we have to be ready for that. I think in the same way Larissa has made three errors in two games, that's not a run that's really going to last forever, surely. Like, no. It'd be such an unprecedented thing if it just kept going now. So you'd like to think that this is kind of the height of these problems and, you know, we won't have to think about it for a while. Just fingers crossed. It's not, that's obviously like ifs, buts, maybes and all that, but you you live in hope. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you think we saw uh, a Spurs with a point to prove? Did you feel like there was a bit between the teeth because, because as you said, there's, there's going to be the fourth loss in a row, and Conte had never lost, hasn't lost four since what 2008, and Spurs haven't lost four since 2008. So did you did you feel like there there was a notable upping of the levels? I didn't notice it per se. I just thought it was just a really professional kind of best case scenario performance. It didn't cross my mind to think that. Like when you're in the moment, like you don't think of it like that. And I guess it, with the players, well, when you're out there on a pitch, like you, you're not really thinking about. It. You might have it in the in the build up to it, but it's not something that I was thinking about. But I was really impressed, nonetheless. Okay, so look, we've we've fumbled around for long enough without talking the man, the myth, the legend. Um, let's go on to the beautiful. And dude, I'm, I'm, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Harold Edward Kane. <laughs> Yeah, so you talk about narratives, eh, lads? <laughs> <laughs> someone got the yeah. Someone understood the the assignment. Oh, you can't write it, can you? <laughs> After that summer, good lord! Oh, he just he just dropped an absolute record of pure fire and flames. It was outrageous. One of his best ever performances for Spurs. Um, I know I I know he only had something like what thirty seven touches which you know, actually seems quite high if you look at the other strikers in the league and what they managed to put out <laughs> um but yeah every every facet of his game was just came to the fore on Saturday night like the first pass that released Son for the first goal is just just classic Harry Kane and it was it, you sort of saw in that that moment that City really didn't want to go close to him or get tight to him at all they were happy to give him space which was you know looking at it retrospectively a pretty a pretty odd move considering that's what he can do even just like back turn to their defense on his left probably his, his weaker foot um so his passing game was there he managed to hold the ball up so so well um a finish for for his first is such like an underrated finish i think I, I, mm. I'm, not, I'm not really sure how Moore's not being made of that because that to open the throw up and just put it into the top corner from ball whipped in or clipped in. Um, Move like he shoots, he's just, just like redirecting just the flight of it, in. just so it goes into the top corner. Like it's insane yeah. tech with like mm. inch perfect precision. It's out. It's outrageous. Um, 
I'm happy to let someone else wax lyrical about his second, but man, he was it was <laughs> just one, one of his one of his all-time, you know, best Spurs performances. Mm. And like at such a pivotal time as well. When we needed. You 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 say you say one of the best, Jude. I think I've been thinking I haven't like done a deep dive into everything, but I would strongly bet, and I'm willing to be proven otherwise, but I would strongly bet that that is his very, very best that he has ever played in his career, that one game. Probably not better think... than the game against Limassol, mate, when he scored. A... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. Uh, you no, disrespect. But... <laughs> okay, okay. No, but seriously. Um... <laughs> um, so you look at it, it, this is two goals, two really, really well-taken goals at crucial times in the game especially the last one, obviously. Mm. Um, the pre-assist for the first goal was just, you know, that's kind of, I think I said the other day, like, that's text, it's not just textbook, that's blueprint. That's like the perfect Kane dropping deep scenario. And he had his fingerprints all over the game. He kept coming deep and doing that um, against the best team in the league by some way. It's definitely better than us, definitely much better than us. <laughs> After we'd in coming into this on the back of three straight league losses, that we needed to get a result to not completely fall out of um, contention. You know, if results went again against us on Saturday, we would have ended the weekend in ninth, and that's not happened now. So, you know, think about it. But I just think everything was there. It had everything that you wanted from Harry Kane to play his absolute absolute best. I think mm. Lakeep don't do player ratings, but if they were to do player ratings for a Premier League game, I think he would get one of those like specially reserved tens. The out. Rare tens. The rare ten from Lakeep. Yeah. Did, did you do? You, did you feel like he was playing with a point to prove? Um, um, I think it's tough for me to say. I mean, maybe, maybe he might have done, but um, I'm not sure. I just think he had he had all the time and space to to do what he does best and. I, I'm honestly a bit more surprised that that Rodri didn't didn't just stick on him a little more and snap into him and just well, sort of let him let him know he's there almost because he there was never anyone that that close to him which was which so was apparently really this nice. this was a real point of contention at half time if reports are to be believed that that people were in the city dressing room were asking who whose man is this who's who's <laughs> supposed to be and apparently after the game, they, they sat and chatted about why they can sort of get, get near him. And we're not talking about, let's let's make it very clear, when we're talking about Ruben Diaz, America Laporte and Rodri. We're talking about three of the, arguably, they're seen as the best in their positions in the world. And Harry Kane made them all look pretty average. There were times where they were trying to get close to him and he was swiveling, he was turning. I remember at one point, Laporte got too tight. He headed it over him backwards and then went round and got the ball and kept playing and I just remember thinking in this form he's he's the best player on the pitch he's and there's no doubt he's one of the best in the world and I look I don't think I, I don't know what level those centre-backs have to get to to keep up with him on a day like that but honestly I, I, I don't think it's over the top to say it's one of the best performances I've, I've seen in the Premier League because as you said Jude he had 37 touches you say mm, I and so. I can't remember him not one of those touches not being brilliant or not having some purpose or not taking Spurs up the pitch and or playing in someone brilliantly with the left foot or the right foot or header right at the end. He was everywhere and everything he did was brilliant. And it's really easy to say, oh, well, he had a good game, but it's against the best team in the country who don't lose games like that. And he made them lose the game like that. I think mm. he, is, he is so vital to Spurs. It's, well, it's that classic thing that Pep Guardiola said about Messi. is like, don't write about him, just watch him. But I think for Spurs fans, we need to not talk about what's future. Oh, what is his future? What blah, blah. Just enjoy the fact yeah. that he's here. Just enjoy that he is a Spurs lad who's who's here right now. And God, he's the best. He's just brilliant. But it's also, it's also good to revel in the fact that C didn't pursue him harder, that they didn't come with a really acceptable bid that they kind of were trying to lowball us that I'm sure on some level Kane must have felt like he wasn't valued by City and that must have hurt him on some level um, I, I think you're right Sean I think there's an element of um, you know what Michael Jordan used to have to do to himself mm -hmm. to get himself up again I honestly yeah. think Kane, Kane might have done he's, he's spoken about Tom Brady and people like that so he clearly he buys into that sort of culture of winning 
Yeah, I, th- and, and I think Kane, can... Kane definitely don't watch that doc- Jordan documentary and was trying to take bits from it. I'm 100% sure. 100%. And look, rightly so, because look, whatever you need to take out of it, it turned the summer into a circus. It ruined, It basically jeopardised his, his, his relationship with the fans at Tottenham. And City, were, it, look, they will claim Spurs are in control, but City were in control of that situation. They put the 180 down, albeit it's too much money. Is it too much money? Who knows? It was seen as too much money. They were in control. They never got to what Spurs valued him at. So that was really end of discussion. So if he needs to go into that game thinking, look, they didn't value me correctly. They, they, they've hurt my relationship with Tottenham and put it on them to get a performance like that. I'm absolutely fine with it. <laughs> and we might, yeah. I might be talking shit, but it looks like that. <laughs> yeah, Let's and I wrote, do it all I wrote again after... in the summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wrote, I wrote after the game, um, um, the basically this was the kind of performance where City must really be kicking themselves that they didn't go through and sign him because it was Kane demonstrating that he is like on this day, on a day like this against the best team in the league, that he is the best number nine. He's the best false nine. He's just so different really to anything that City have. Like I know they've been doing really well with that traditional striker this year. They've been playing like Foden through the middle or Sterling mm. or Bernardo Silva. I thought their front three were so, so in blunt effect, and out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, it was so... I barely even noticed Foden was on the pitch. Yeah, he, he had... That's just like you... you they, they missed out the chance to sign someone who... You got, you know, he got the most goals and assists in the yeah. league last season. And they... and. If they really wanted him, they could have got there. him. I've, yeah. The juxtaposition really that. was their hundred million that they decided to spend was sitting on the bench, making no impact in the game. Uh, meanwhile, and, and hasn't made an impact for all season. He wasn't even on the bench, right? He's been absolutely injured. not. He's uh, been injured. Not, not a di- no, he wasn't on the bench. Sorry, I think. Yeah, but yeah, he'd been out injured. But but even then, it's like um, was Greenish. I, I think yeah, so I, I I really like Greenish so as a player. I. I really rate him. But but is 100 million Greenish? Is that the differential between City being like a mm. top top team and a team that's going to win the Prem, win the Champions League, being all time team, or is Kane going to be that guy? And it was, I and think look, Kane was just the reason why it's damaging. For that. To, and the reason why it's damaging City is because now they've said, "Oh, we will spend 100 million pounds on a player." They picked the wrong one. You yeah. pick Harry Kane, and everyone goes, "Okay, they spend 150 million." on the best, on the second best, look, let's say it's between Lewandowski and Kane, right, and Benzema for like the best striker in the world, whatever you want to, whatever the argument you want to say is. Those three are worth the money. You put the money down for them, but they spent it on Jack Grealish, who no one really knew if he was right, right at the top. Is Jack Grealish the best left-sided forward in the world? No. No. No, he's not. But now City have set a really dangerous precedent for themselves. So, so I look, who knows what this performance will do for Spurs in the in the grander scheme of things? If we've watched long enough, we know that Burnley we could lose to yeah. <laughs> our, our fucking horrible, like underwhelming performance. Mm. But uh, it felt it felt like um, there was a, at least a team there that could go further this season. Would you agree with that? That that's that that team: Hoybier, Bentancur, Kulusevski. That's the team that that we that we have to stick with for now. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, silence. I so. Oh, someone, 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 people are thinking. People no. are thinking about Oli Skip, aren't you? You're still thinking about Oli. We Skip, are thinking. Yeah, I, have, I have <laughs> think about Oli Skip. Yeah, will be um, nice when Oli Skip comes back into the team for sure. But like, yeah. So would you would you go back? Uh, skip Bentinka. I think I'd like to see it at some point. I mean, it's it's tough to know what the best combination at the moment is, especially if they, mm. you know, the two that played at the weekend have gone out and put out performances like that. It's tough to really be like, well, somebody else has got to definitely start ahead of the <laughs> Someone else has got to play. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think. Hoybier, yeah, Hoybier has looked a little tired and rusty in a few games, but you know, mm. he does bring some some good things to the table. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure those those three will all get the chance to to play with each other, and Harry Winks will get some time, but. Yeah, I do want to see you always get yeah. back because it's been a while now. Some, something I wanted to put in the beautiful, which may be not be so beautiful, and I think Dan wrote a piece about it today, was uh, Spurs' use of the the dark arts in this game, which I think in the past we've been really naive to. And I think one game that I would, in specific, I would point to was the Carabao Cup final last uh, last season, where City were brilliant at breaking whatever Spurs had 
just by little fouls, niggly fouls. They 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 chopped and changed constantly. They got in, you know, they they just gave us no chance to get any flow together. Yesterday, Spurs did that to City. And one player, I thought Bentancur and Hoyville were both very good at annoying the shit out of Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> essentially. Uh, Did you see his reaction sure. to the to the third goal, Kevin De Bruyne? No. So, there's a great video of it where he's like, he almost falls to his knees and you can sort, you can almost hear him screaming, let me talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there he come. Oh, like, poor he's, probably, he's probably got like his arms out and is like very, very upset with how the ball's got in. It was great. But yeah, City are usually the guys who like rotate each player who's going to make the foul and um, and they go like, oh no, don't put me. This is my first one. You know? mm, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But but yeah, it was nice to see Spurs doing that. And to be fair, when they do it and, you know, if your team does that and they pull it off, it's fucking great to watch because you just think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's, good. Sorry, it's, so, it's so good when you do, it's so good when you do it right because you just kind of marvel at the way that we're doing now. But then if you do it badly, and you're like, yeah, let's say you're a team that's managed by for, a former Manchester City assistant <laughs> who has the worst disciplinary record in the league for the last two, three years. And you, you've just got a bunch of brain dead players. You don't really know how to do this stuff properly. You know, <laughs> you know you're going to be complaining about referee conspiracies a lot when you're just a bit brain dead. So, yeah. but, it's, yeah. so but, you know, we're not that team. So, you know, it's nice. When it Could never off. be us. Hey, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys want to chuck in the beautiful? Before we wrap up, there are a few. Like, Don Antonio's found his life again. Yeah. Don Antonio. Let's 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 finish with um, basically Antonio uh, Antonio Conte's end to the week, where he came out quite punchy uh, after the sort of reports around his Sky um, Sky interview with Sky Italy, I should say, which he claims was quite badly translated, and and then he sort of took a couple of swipes at um at the media here and how people are constantly trying to disrupt his plans with Spurs and his relationship. So, Sean, did you, did you believe it was badly translated or did you, do you feel like maybe he's trying to build a bit of a siege mentality here? I think honestly, this is just Conte's amount. I think I said it last week. He's just, this is just how he is. Like he's just a mm-hmm. bit of a moaner. He's just, he's always one where he's just like kind of drooping around. He just wants to get on the training pitch and really work with the players a lot. And he'll, he'll act the way that he does in the media we need to suffer like and I said it on last week's pod like I didn't believe when he said um, oh I'm not used to fighting for top four I'm used to fighting for tops I didn't believe that was a swipe of the club I thought that was like a genuine kind of explanation of his conditions because he's right because this is a different challenge but it's I think I think ultimately you see it this from what's happened this weekend I think this is a challenge that he wants to see through I always thought the kind of talk that he would walk away and maybe give up before we even really got going, I think he he would least to 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 a preseason because I think it would look bad on him if he just just kind of packed it in. So I think this is the thing we're in together and seeing the Champions League, the the VR. And there was a clip that oh, like, celebrate that like, Poch is there. Can you imagine, uh, yeah. like, what the players must have felt like, like going back into the dressing room with Conte there mm. after Saturday and what that must have done for that kind of unity again? So, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried right now. I'm not I'm not thinking really about the bad things that mm. people come up in the last week. And so Spurs, apart from the FA Cup, who which is in a few weeks, have, what is it, how many games left? 12? 12 games, 13 games. It's around that. Yeah. Something, something around that. Do, do, do we do we have belief that top four we is, have 15 is games? You, that's, that's quite a lot. 15 games. Okay, so that must be 13 for the for West Ham. Or yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've got a couple of games mm-hmm. in hand, don't we? Yeah. Um, do, Man United looking like they're starting to steady the ship. Arsenal steadying the ship. Um, West Ham. Still in and amongst it, walls on some sort of crazy war path at the moment. Um, do you think? Do you, in your heart of hearts, do you believe top four is is achievable? Uh, well, yeah, it's achievable. Um, it's 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 just it is up in the air, and Spurs are going to have games where sort of teething problems come through, like they did against Southampton and Wolves. Hopefully, not you know back to back like that. 
Um, but, you know, it, it, that might happen. And I think the good thing is about this win is that when Spurs have to go to, say, City or... Not City, sorry, Liverpool or United, which I think those are the two big away games they've still got to do this season. Um, they'll look back at the City game mm. and think, right, we can we can try and go and win. And that's not to say that they definitely will and that they won't be really hard games because, you know, how often do Spurs go to um, Liverpool and win? You know, not very often. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that, that rearranged North London derby is already... You know, it's 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 got my heart racing just thinking about it because I think it will be quite massive for for the uh, for the top four. But yeah, it's definitely achievable. Kane's hitting form, league goal wise. So you know, let's see. Mm. Sean, out of ten, uh, where do you believe that? <laughs> uh, after after the Wolves and Saptor games, I was at a solid three. Now I'm at six and a half maybe a seven because i think okay. i think the, the important thing is we do have the games in hand and we still have all of our rivals bar wolves to play again and those will be huge differentials and they think they've, they've all got to play each other as well so somewhere they're going to be dropping points somewhere like here's the thing like there's still quietly a bit of a way of the season to go yet, yet so yeah there is a lot could change a long way to go what we can say is i don't think anyone's i don't think i don't see any of those teams behind the top four going on any sort of consistent run whatsoever yeah. there's a loss yeah, yeah, yeah. in all of them um right okay let's let's wrap it up there um thank you all for listening um spurs obviously have a midweek game this week uh, burnley away on wednesday and then leads uh, away on saturday i think that's the early kickoff on saturday so We'll probably be back on Monday with a, with a double header to sort of uh, start off the week. Hopefully, six points. And uh, all of our points. Please leave a review if you haven't. And um, we'll see you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.